We all know what it means to receive healing from medicine, traditional treatments, even through psychotherapy. But how do you mend a broken heart? How do you heal your soul? Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. In the spotlight, a woman who is doing just that through her initiative, The Soul Project, based in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. What started as a safe place where women could come together to tell their stories of struggle and triumph and hope has now expanded to adolescent workshops and partnerships with survivor-led organizations working together to heal and empower women. The Soul Project also extends its heart and hands to widows, widowers, and children who have lost a parent. Today's guest is also a gifted photographer, and she is the mother of three children. I couldn't wait to talk to her about her beautiful, soulful mission. Her name is Christy Dean, and this is her story. Christy, welcome to the show. Hi, Candy. Thank you for having me. Every great idea has a starting point. You know, that moment, that seed of inspiration. Tell me about how you started the Soul Project. When I really think about that seed starting moment, I was at home with two kids under two. I had just had my second daughter named Penny. And this is back when my husband went to work every day. And I remember I had this kind of awakening. I was doing what I call a sleepy ride one morning, trying to get both babies to fall asleep around 10 a.m. And I remember it was raining. And I remember I did 10 laps of the same loop like I would do trying to get the babies to fall asleep. And I remember I finally heard the bottle thump to the ground. Any moms know that sound? Ugh, they're asleep. I have a moment. And I remember pulling into a parking lot. Tears just started falling down my face. And I had this realization that I was a mom of these two little girls, and I didn't know who I was. Yeah, so it was heavy, and I, I, I honestly, I don't know what it was that day that kind of sparked me or woke me up or what it was, but I kind of sat with that discomfort for the next couple of days, and then a few days later, I woke up and I said, I'm going to start something for myself where I can use my passions and my gifts to feel purposeful in this world, kind of outside of my own home. So for any mother with small children at home, it can be very isolating and you can start to lose yourself. And, and that's where I was. And so I thought, Christy, you love connecting with human beings and you love photographing people and using that part of you to express yourself, but also to help other people express themselves. And so that's kind of where the idea came from. In the very beginning, it was kind of a selfish, creative project. Just taking advantage of all the things that you knew you were good at, mm. things that made your heart sing, right? Yes. So you are the owner of My Happy Place Empowerment Studio and founder of The Soul Project a women's and girls' empowerment nonprofit serving the greater Boston area. It's one thing to feel strongly about something. It's another to put your feelings into action and make it happen. Talk to me about that. When you say that, it makes me feel proud because what I have created is a very vulnerable thing. I have, in retrospect, created for other women what I know I needed which is a platform to be seen and to be heard and to be celebrated for being just who you are. Not for an accolade, not for losing weight, not for getting married or any of these things, just for being your 
true self, we're celebrating each other. And that's so rare and it's so beautiful. And I think that's why this has grown so organically because people are craving that authenticity, but a safe place to really stand in that truth because it can be a scary thing. Speaking of that, you must have so many women with stories that come to you. Can you share a couple of them for us? Yeah, right when you said that, the first one that came to mind is a woman named Linda. And as a photographer, I was photographing an MS conference. And I ended up sitting next to this woman named Linda, and we just totally hit it off. And I knew her as staff of the event. Come to find out, she had recently been diagnosed with MS. And she happened to work at an organization that creates MS treatment. So she sees that as a gift. But that was kind of the connections I would make and realize, oh, I would love to share your light and how you're sitting here telling me all these amazing things you've overcome, getting pregnant during your diagnosis and feeling the strongest you've ever been and using your story to inspire others. And that's really the goal of what we're doing at The Soul Project. You shared with me a video of an event you recently had where these women came together to celebrate all of their stories. And I was so taken by the age range. You know, these are from young women to older women of retirement age and beyond. But they all came to you for one reason, to come under what it felt like these wings somehow, to be able to feel like they could forgive themselves sometimes. Mm. Tell me a little bit about when a person comes to you and maybe she's been a drug abuser or she's fallen into prostitution. How does that healing process start? Regardless of what the issue or the story is, right, or what the struggle has been for that given woman, what I have come to find is that at the core of it, it's all the same for all of us. It's not feeling enough. And we manifest that not enoughness in different ways, whether it's controlling your eating or being in abusive relationships or just not sticking up for yourselves or being a hyper control freak. You know, it shows up differently for everyone and they're all valid. And I think some of the biggest part of the struggle is feeling like you're alone in that struggle. And so what we're doing is allowing women at home to read a story and hear their truth come out of someone else's mouth to know that they're not alone. And I think sometimes that's the beginning of healing is just saying, whoa, I'm not alone. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm a human having a human experience and I can get up and move on tomorrow because look, this woman did the same thing. So people seeing themselves at a different part of a similar journey is really important and healing and powerful. So how does the Soul Project work? The Soul Project in general, the heart of our organization is this, I call it an ongoing documentary. And so that is the stories that we share from women all around our community, from different lived experiences. And so that continues. But one of the questions I ask every woman is, what would you tell a 12-year-old you? And this really got me during COVID when we were really reflecting on a lot of things. And I said, this question, it's the answer to this question that illuminates every woman's stuff, right? You want to go back and shake that 12-year-old. And so I woke up in the middle of the night during COVID, early maybe 2020, and I, I said, we got to start having these conversations with 12-year-olds, and we need to bring back all these amazing women who have all this value to give 
to teach them on all different ways to thrive and to show them all different versions of what a successful, healthy woman is, because that is so many different versions. And so that's when we launched Soulful Girls. One of the women that we shared a story on early, her name is Nikki Bell, and I shout her out all the time because I'm just, I'm in awe of her. She's a recovering addict, but also was a victim of prostitution. And she founded Living in Freedom Together, which is a nonprofit in Worcester. She opened the first safe house of its kind in the nation that specifically serves women exiting sexual exploitation. And so the women from that residence come to our My Happy Place studio every other month. And we have a two-hour brunch and empowerment workshop where we just hold space We just look at them like the humans that they are and give them the belief that they need in order to believe they deserve a life worth living, which they do. Well, one of the women that I've had a chance to talk to is named Natalie Martinez, and Natalie is the director of Strong Women, Strong Girls. And she taught me that through research, they've learned that a girl's self-esteem peaks when she's about 11 years Mm. old, maybe 12 years old, right? And if she doesn't have a powerful role model in her life, preferably female, then her sense of self-esteem goes down as she gets older. So I'm going to turn this a little bit on you. What would you tell your 12-year-old self? So for me, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, I have always wanted to make everyone proud and happy. And um, I think part of that awakening I had that day on my sleepy ride was realizing that I wasn't living out my life or dreams. I was doing what I thought I should be doing or what I thought everyone wanted me to do. And so the advice I would give 12-year-old Christy is just truly follow your heart because she has a special, special heart. You are a gifted photographer, and I have interviewed quite a few, including the great Carrie Brett. It's one thing to know about light and balance and how to use your camera. It's another thing to capture somebody's soul, somebody's essence. And just from being in the room with you today, I feel such a warmth and such a generosity of spirit. So I'm guessing that's your gift. That must be what you pull out with that person because they have to trust you an awful lot to reveal themselves. Yes. And I'm glad you asked about the photography aspect of this because it is very important to me. We highlight every woman with five images. And there's a very intentional reason that I do that. As women, we judge each other so quickly. And so I always like to show the woman in a strong stance. And I also have a really joyful one. But I also want to show the multifaceted nature of that woman, which is the goal here. We have many parts, and they all exist within us. And so in the end, these are stories of redemption and joy that we may have gone through incredible struggle, experienced loss or abuse or diagnoses. But in the end, they're stories of redemption. And so you'll see most of these images just radiate joy. And that's why, because these women are joy in the end, despite it all. How can a person become a part of the Soul Project community? Somebody who's listening to our conversation today saying, I need what she's got. Yeah. So we are completely grassroots and word of mouth. And women come to us through a nomination process. So you can find our website. You can nominate a friend. You could also nominate yourself if you would like to share your story. And we believe with our whole heart that every woman has a story 
very often people will say, oh, but I don't have one. Or there's no story that's too little or too much because you know what? There's someone out there that resonates with your story. And so that's the whole goal. The website for The Soul Project is thesoulproject.co.co. And for the photography business, The Soulful Image, it is thesoulfulimage.com. You've created strategic alliances, which you've talked a little bit about. What's your hope as you move forward? Because it seems to me like this thing is just blossoming all by itself. And that's when you know you're onto something. Mm. It is. You know what? I don't have a clear goal. I just know I'm going to keep showing up for this community and listening to what people need and how I can serve. So a good example of kind of a new branch that's taken off is I had a mom reach out to me probably eight months ago and say, I would love to send my daughter to your programming, but she has intellectual and developmental differences. Do you think you could create something for girls like her? And my limiting beliefs came in right away. I'm just a photographer, right? (laughs) And then I said to her, of course, we will figure it out. We'll make it happen. And so we now have a meetup every month on a Friday night, a two-hour empowerment party just for teenage girls with intellectual and developmental differences. We have people showing up in droves to volunteer. We're always looking for sponsors for that event so that we can keep it free to the families. And something else organic that has come from that, we kept a room aside for the moms or for the parents who would drop off the girls. And so they've created their own community, connecting over being parents of kids with special needs. And so we have so many communities developing under our programming, and it's magical. And we're so excited to be having our first Soulful Girls Club formal ball, which is going to take Take place in June, and we're going to get the girls all dolled up and have an amazing time. They love to dance and celebrate, and we're going to celebrate them. And if you think that you'd like to make a donation to this ball that you just talked about, our listeners can go to thesoulproject.co. You have told me in a previous conversation, and I wrote it down and I highlighted it, souls hang on to pain. Why? Yeah, I think it comes back to that feeling of not enough and the shame that we hang on to because we hold it in. And so I think it's Brene Brown says that shame dies in the light. And so that's a big part of what we're doing. Once you speak your truth, as scary as it may be, it's almost never met with a negative response that you think it will. And so we're giving women a safe platform to share their truth so they can release that shame and pain and move on into their most empowered self that they deserve to live in. I truly believe that our childhood, the values that we learn from our parents, that's really what defines us. Can you share a little bit about where you come from and what life was like in your house when you were growing up? Yeah. I come from an Irish Catholic family, more cultural, less religious, if that makes sense to you. My dad's one of 11 from Boston, and my mom was a foster kid growing up. They lived through us. You know, they gave us all these opportunities. We went to all private schools that they figured out how to get us into. And it was, they poured into us. Um, But we didn't communicate much. And so that's a funny thing about what I'm doing is creating a platform for people to communicate and connect deeply. And that's something that I did lack was deep connections, not simply being near each other for source of connection but opening up and being vulnerable. And so I've been doing, I'm in a season of life, 
you know, especially with these young daughters where I'm thinking a lot about how I want to show up as a mom. What does that look like in my version? And I've been doing a lot of unlearning and learning in the past few years. And one thing I want to tear down is this idea of selfless mother. Mm. I grew up in a culture that thinks that that is a wonderful thing. You know, we celebrate all our mothers for being selfless, never having followed their stuff because kids came first. And I don't want that for my girls. And I know I have to model that. So part of this work is me modeling what I want for my girls when they grow up. And that is to live a life of purpose and fulfillment and self through others and to use all of your gifts during this life because we only have one of them, you know. And I already see my girls have so many unique gifts and I will want to foster that with all my heart. When you were growing up, who was your role model and mm. why? Was there anybody you really looked up to? I have a brother who is 16 years older than me. He's also a photographer. And so we are sort of the bookends. We have two sisters in the middle. And I've just always looked up to him. He has been my role model, my guide, my sounding board. He's incredibly smart. And we have so much in common. And, you know, through all this, when he gives me praise about what I've created there are no compliments that feel bigger to me. Tell me a little bit about your love of photography, because you've shared that your brother, your role model, is also a photographer. Mm. The first time you ever picked up a camera, like how did this whole thing roll for you? Yeah, so my brother's a photographer. My father is also a photographer. So it's it's in the family. Um, I studied journalism in Spanish in college. That was really when I got the bug. I did my first two years of undergraduate in Madrid, Spain. Wow. And so I kind of always had my camera with me doing travel stuff. And then graduation time came, and I just, based on my personality, I love being in a new place every day. I love that I get to celebrate people's wins. People don't usually hire a photographer in their low moments, right? So I get to be part of everyone's celebrations. And I get to tell their stories. And so at the heart of it, that's what I do. It also feels like you're mining for gold because when you're getting that right photograph of that person, when you're capturing their soul and their image, it must feel like discovering something fantastic. For me, the image comes from when I truly know someone feels safe with me. That's when the image happens. So it's about the connection above all. You have three daughters. How did motherhood change you? Deeply. It made me look at myself for the first time and question my conditioning. I think we've been in an extraordinary time over the past five years of rethinking how we're living and how we prioritize life. And motherhood has made me step into my best self, the leader in me. It has also softened me deeply and helped me prioritize what matters. If I had met you 10 years ago, would you be surprised to learn that you are doing what you are doing right now? In one sense, I would be shocked because Christy 10 years ago did not have any self-esteem. So, yes, I would be shocked and extremely excited and proud to see that I was willing to step into a lot of fear to create impact and to live a life that matters. 
Let's say that there is a listener somewhere in the world who is listening to your story today, and she's hearing you say 10 years ago you had no self-esteem. Maybe she's in a hard place. Maybe she's got a broken heart. What do you say to her? Do the next thing that scares you, because I truly believe that all the good stuff, all of the pride, all of the fulfillment comes from stepping through the hard stuff. And when we talk about kind of how I grew up, um, it was kind of status quo was good, right? Because no one did scary things. You got to do those things that scare you. And I'll give you an example that I know will resonate with a lot of people. I'm petrified of public speaking. I remember, I feel great with you today, Candy, because I've been doing a lot of practice, but I remember the first podcast I was on was over Zoom, and I was in my bedroom, and I had to lay down and change my shirt three times because I was petrified. I mean, it was physically manifesting into an anxiety attack, and I just kept doing it. And I have to tell you, there is nothing that feels better than finishing something doesn't have to be perfect. It's just done. You did something that you didn't know if you could do. And that's my lesson to my girls. I tell them all the time, mommy's nervous doing this. I want them to know the emotions going into all these things. You have to feel all of it to live. Going outside your comfort zone. Mm. Next three questions, Christy, we ask everyone who sits where you are. The first one is when an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I say to myself all day in my head, Christy, you can do hard things. Like literally, that's my mantra. There's nothing that's not figure outable for me. I truly feel that way. <laughs> I know I might be wrong in some instances, but that's my mindset. Best piece of advice you've ever received, personal or professional. Can you share that with our audience today? Yes, it is a quote that my dad would always say. Unexpressed gratitude is no gratitude at all. And I love that in the sense that if you don't speak it, the person doesn't know. And so I'm a big believer. And if you think something great about someone, go tell them. Send them a text. I just had a nice thought about you. Thank you for doing that for me. It's so important to say these things out loud because we're not mind readers. And we typically, naturally, go to the most negative possibility. So just speaking positivity out loud is so important to me. Final question. At this moment and in this chapter in your life, what does success mean to you? Success means doing the things that fill me up inside and seeing it benefit others and doing it for the love of it. I want to say thank you so much, Christy Dean. She is a professional photographer. She is the owner of My Happy Place Empowerment Studio. She's the founder of The Soul Project. Check out her website, thesoulproject.co. Christy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the story behind her success for this week. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know somebody that I should talk to, please let me know. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Give the show a follow on your favorite podcast platform, please, and tell your friends and family about the show. I'll have a new and inspiring story for you next week when we share our stories, no matter where we are in this great big world, we provide a roadmap toward success. So what's your story? I can't wait to hear it.